Hi, everybody. It's Megan McGrogan here with the Greater Utica Chamber of Commerce, and we are here uh, continuing on our Leveling Up Social Distancing uh, series. And I'm really excited to have another guest with me this morning. If you're just tuning in for the first time, we're doing this every single day to bring one of our members to you and let you know how you can access them during this time. So I'm so excited to introduce Gina Chacha. She is the executive director of the Abraham House. And Gina, it's so we're so sad that we haven't been, been able to see you in person. I know we usually get to see you <laughs> a lot um, at our networking events. Um, so please introduce yourself and tell everybody who you are and a little bit about Abraham House. Okay, well, you, you've introduced me, Gina Chacha, um, coming into nonprofit after a history in education. I've been here at Abraham House for four and a half years, going on five. Um, and my time here has been very exciting. Abraham House has experienced many changes in the past few years. We are a comfort home um, in, in Utica. In Rome, we're referred to as a comfort care facility, uh, but it's the same service. We provide care to those who are dying, usually with a prognosis of three months or less. Um, not only do we provide services, residential services for our guests that we invite into the home, but for the families as well. So when you can't be in your own home at the end of your life, uh, you, could, you could make our house your home. Mm -hmm. And it's really a warm, welcoming place where people can get the care they need and um, families can be together. Yep, and we've we've uh, had the privilege of being at both locations um, to celebrate. You know, whether it be a ribbon cutting or um, you guys have won a couple of the uh, Catalyst uh, Small Business Week. We did one last year. Their award for that, um, yes. and it's really just such a a comforting facility. Um, you know that uh, you know your mission is very uh, near and dear to me. Having lost some family members, um, you know, just the the work that you guys do there is so inspiring. Um, and a tough time for a lot of families. So to be in a comforting place like that, um, you know, much different than a hospital setting, um, you know, I, I think it makes a world of a difference. It's very different from a hospital setting. And it's hard to, to describe. Um, I think people get it more once they've been in the situation. Then you understand what it's like to be visiting somebody um, in a nursing home or in a hospital where here it's, it's so different. Also, we have many warm families that are so supportive and they want to take care of their loved ones in home. And it reaches a point where uh, it's just so difficult. The frustration levels are high. Caregiver burnout happens. And our family members start to feel uh, more like nursing staff than family. So we oftentimes are a relief service for people that are in that situation. So they will stay, keep their loved one at home as long as they can, and then come into us. And it's uh, more of a service, I think, sometimes. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> more of a service sometimes to our family members who who get to just be a wife again or just be a, a son or a daughter again and not be the sole caregiver for their loved one. And it's a unique service, Megan, because in all of Oneida, Herkimer, and Madison counties, there are only 12 beds 
that exists for residential care, especially for the terminally ill, specifically to care for hospice patients. Mm -hmm. um, Siegenthaler, which is run by our local hospice, has a four-bed facility. And then we have the other eight beds, two in Utica and six in Rome. So we're actually very lucky that we have this in our community. And it was all due to the foresight of Dr. A.L. Shaheen, who that's why we're on the map. And, and Gina, too, you talked about um, families, you know, maybe taking care of loved ones at home. And then this is kind of that um, really next step. And families can also stay there, too, right? And, and they can still yeah. be there, but still have that support. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, absolutely. It's actually, you can see the hallway almost down behind me. Um, in the upstairs of both homes, we have bedrooms available and a bathroom and a kitchen. For our family members that come from out of town or from those that just, you know, sometimes we get, you know, little, little old couples that they've been together 60 years and that, that wife doesn't want to go home at the end of the night. She wants to be nearby. She wants to be there. We don't want her to have to sleep in a folding chair by the side of the bed. So we have beautiful bedrooms set up for our family members that want to spend the night, those that come from out of town. Um, sometimes that those that just get a gut feeling and say, I just don't think I should leave tonight. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's a, that's a great service to provide. It's kind of the Ronald McDonald, um, you know, model mm -hmm. that, that we've emulated there. That's awesome. I know that's, um, and, and just the comfort of having, you know, healthcare providers there too, I think is probably yes. so much more comforting for somebody, you know, if you're at home you know, being able to be there and have the, you know, have the ability to stay, plus have people caring for your loved ones, um, all in a beautiful setting. And I mean, really, I, it, you know, both houses are just so homey and comfortable and you feel at ease, I think, when you walk in both. Thank facilities. you. That's, that's what, that's what we try to do when we, um, especially in Rome, where we had so much remodeling to do, you know, our goal was always, how are families going to use these spaces? What do we want these spaces to evoke? What do we want them to feel like? And, and there's no greater feeling in the world than I, I remember two, um, two separate incidences. Once was I walked into the Utica home and there was a family member walking down the hallway in a pair of socks, just eating yogurt out of a cup. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's home. Like when you're walking around in your socks, eating a snack or eating your breakfast, you're at home. And to me, that was a, a good feeling that we've accomplished creating a space for that to happen. And then in Rome, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, we had a very large family. That I think that there was like 18 to, to 25 people in the house at any one time. Obviously, this is before social distancing. Mm -hmm. Um but to walk in the house and see, you know, three or four of them doing a puzzle in the living room and then a couple of them in the sitting room listening to music and then a whole bunch of them eating a turkey dinner that they brought in our dining room. That's what these houses are designed for. They're for families to gather and to, to provide a surrogate home for them when they need it the most. Mm -hmm. Now, um, fundraising is a big part of what you guys do. And so I think, you know, we're, we're all having to 
rethink that right now, right? So, you know, you can't have, I know Meatball Madness, you were supposed to be having, um, yes. you know, a lot of other events that you have, uh, you know, where really the, the goal is to have people physically come together and raise funds for, for Abraham House. So how can people access you and support you during this time? Because we're all having to be uh, creative, you know, for how we can show support. So how can everybody support you? Well, creative, but also there's a fine line there where you want to be sensitive. You know, I'm very careful about, uh, we have a golf tournament that's supposed to happen in August. I mean, as, as far as we know now, we'll go through with that, but I don't feel right sending our sponsorship packages out right now, knowing that so many people are out of work and so many people are hurting and, and in really dire financial situations that feels insensitive to me. So for us here at Abraham House, we're kind of uh, on a pause with our fundraising. Mm -hmm. um, we are fortunate that we have 23 years of family support and community support. So every day I go to the mailbox and I do pull out envelopes that have checks in them. Mm -hmm. So people do continue to support us and we're so thankful for that. You know, I, I, I get to the alerts on my cell phone and we're still having some online donations come through in memory of people or, or in honor of people or, or just for sustainability for us. Mm -hmm. And so we're certainly thankful and we're accepting those gifts. Um, they, they get mailed to us at either location or you could go online and make a donation. But at this point in time, we're not comfortable soliciting for any donations. Mm -hmm. So our fundraising is at a standstill. Um, it's definitely going to affect our, our budget year. And hopefully long-term, the effect will be minimal. It's just the way it is right now. Yeah. Everybody's, everybody's in the boat. same boat. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, so now tell us if somebody needed to access your actual services. You're available still right now, correct? You're, you're deemed essential. We are, we are essential. Uh, right now our focus is keeping our staff and our guests safe. Mm -hmm. So we have put some extra measures in place, um, but we're still accepting referrals. Right now we have, we have a little work to be done on the Utica home. So we'll be closed here for about 10 days. But like I said, Rome is, I think I said Rome is full, mm -hmm. all six beds. Um, mm -hmm. And so we've got multiple ways that referrals come to us. One is just by calling Abraham house and, and giving me some very um, brief information just so I could kind of put somebody on our radar and keep the family in the loop. If a bed becomes available, sometimes people will call when they're not ready mm -hmm. um, and just I'll keep in touch and call once a month and say, how's mom doing? I'm just checking in. And then when they are ready for our services, they've already been on our referral list. We've been aware of them. Okay. Uh, sometimes we have emergencies come to us from uh, normally from hospital when they're in a hospital setting and they've been receiving a treatment or a therapy or testing and there's nothing else that can be done. And, and all of a sudden now the family is thrust into um, the situation where they don't know what to do. They don't know where to go. They have to leave the hospital. Um, hospice is, is one of our huge referral pipelines. We do work very closely with them, um, which is, which is something else that is very, um, special 
felt us like great that we have this collaboration with another area um another area organization such as hospice and palliative care so they come into our home and provide the medical oversight mm-hmm. for our guests and um, they often refer people that have already signed up on hospice service which is a six-month criteria and when they approach the point where they are ready um, for a little bit more um, intensive treatment or round-the-clock care then we get referred um, by hospice. Okay. So you're still, um, so if families are, are interested or maybe in this scenario where they might find themselves needing your services, they should contact you now. Um, they should. So, so you're at least in touch. Absolutely. They can get on our radar and we can, hi, Ken. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, and she didn't know I was doing this today. <laughs> I'm on with Megan. Hi, Ken. Hi. How are you? Good, how are you? <laughs> Kim is our assistant director at Adams, staying six feet away. I am. <laughs> Social distancing. Um, so we're, we're definitely open for business, Megan, as long as we can be. We've put some extra measures into place mm-hmm. um, to try to safeguard, uh, like I said, our guests, our staff, and keep our homes as um, clear of germs as we can. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody that walks into the home in Rome, we've got a, a forehead thermometer, mm-hmm. which, um, you probably, cause you have a baby, you're aware of these things. Yep. This, mm-hmm. this was new to me. It's yep. an infrared. You don't even have to touch the person. You just, yep, kind you, of, hold you hold it, you push the button, it puts two lights on their forehead and it takes their, their temperature. We have put that in place to, um, to check our staff upon arrival for their shift but mm-hmm. also to check visitors that come um, since the fever is one of the first signs of mm-hmm. COVID-19. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. Um, now tell us just before we, we wrap up here, how can everybody get in touch, you know, your contact information, uh, phone number, website, what's the best way to reach you? Any and all of that. Um, our, I mean, obviously our website has the numbers to both homes. We are primarily, um, our office is primarily based in the Utica home, 315-733-8210. Those that know me, I mean, really my cell phone is is readily available. If you know a friend of a friend and you call my cell phone, that's fine. So we're kind of in the process here of figuring out how to work a little more remotely, which means I need to delve into my phone systems and, and figure out how to roll over calls to home and things like that. But if you reach out through one of those methods, we, we will be in touch with you. Okay. And what's the website? Just so everybody has it here. It's, it's the abrahamhouse.org. Okay. And the THE is important. Otherwise you go to a a different organization. Oh, okay. Okay. So the abrahamhouse.org. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Gina, and I appreciate you taking time out. I know everybody's busy trying to get organized, so thank you so much. Yeah, we're we're all in this together, so thanks for having me, and uh, everybody stay safe. Okay, and we'll see you soon, hopefully. (laughs) I hope. Okay, bye. Bye Bye-bye.